Hi, everybody. Welcome to Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview the leaders in real estate brokerage and technology. I'm the host, Eric Stegeman, and I'm the CEO here at Tribus. Uh, we are the sponsors of this podcast. And today I have the pleasure of having Philip Hege, the North American Director for Ad Phoenix, with us. And today we're going to talk a little bit more both about Ad Phoenix and about real estate not only in the United States, but around the world, because Philip's company is actually based in Sweden. So Philip, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Eric. Excited to be here. So first of all, tell me a little bit about Ad Phoenix. What does Ad Phoenix do? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, so at, at its core, what we're trying to do is, that, is to bring really world-class, sort of cutting-edge uh, marketing automation into the real estate industry something that we believe is, is currently missing for, for a series of, of reasons. One is because it's really hard and we can probably talk more about what sort of what we think marketing automation is, is later. Uh, but we do that by, by focusing on working with a very sort of custom platform to the, with the largest, uh, most innovative real estate brokerages in the world. Like you mentioned, we're originally based out of Sweden, but we ha are operating uh, across 13 different countries and also have offices in uh, London in the UK and Melbourne, Australia. Wow, yeah, so you have a very international vision uh, of, of what's going on in the, in the industry. Um, let's, yeah. uh, uh, let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, so yeah. how, is, how are things different that a listener, a brokerage staff person, an agent, uh, a brokerage owner that's listening to this podcast here in the United States, uh, how are things different that you see in other countries as far as brokerage is concerned versus the United States or even Canada? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And obviously something that we probably can talk about for, for hours, uh, <laughs> but to, to keep it, <laughs> uh, to keep it short, I mean, um, I, I've been primarily focusing on sort of the Scandinavian markets early on and in, in the lifetime of Ed Phoenix and then, and, and also in Australia. And I think that's sort of the key, the key difference, uh, sort of most, most sort of, um, clearest clearest difference between the us and the rest of the world is the fact that there is uh in most countries there is only the seller's agent right uh only the seller actually has by agent uh, uh representation and that calls for a lot of different uh sort of the uh, things that makes it different and i know this this podcast is also a lot about sort of the the, the dynamic for the brokerage uh, and one, the other thing that we, uh, was sort of eye-opening for us that also is different in the U.S. Is, is also sort of how independent the agent is, which I think is, you know, it makes sense that American uh, real estate agents want, wants to be and is uh, more independent. So, uh, for example, you know, it's, uh, in the U.K., they're very very non-independent, right? They're literally employees of, of, of the uh, of the company um, in Sweden, they're slightly more independent, but they're they're still uh, sort of initially working uh, from from a salary, um, and yeah, that that also creates a very different dynamic between the brokerage and the broker and, and and the agents in play. So I would say those are probably the big two biggest uh, um, uh, differences that I've experienced at least. 
So, um, do you, uh, Philip, do you know much about licensing or how somebody becomes an agent in other countries versus the United States? Oh yeah, no, that's a <laughs> that's a good question. So, <laughs> biggest biggest difference there, I guess, is that in in Sweden, a real estate agent has to go to um, yeah, basically university or college to become a real estate agent. They need to study real estate for generally three years. Uh, in order to become an agent in the first place. And that is just sort of an entry-level agent, right? So yeah, from that perspective, it's obviously very, very different as well. Yeah, and, and that's been my experience. So I, we've had a couple other guests on previously that focus on international markets. And um, one of the things that I'm, I always, you know, uh, have, have asked about in, in terms of everybody that's international is I ask them from the countries they're, they're uh, most knowledgeable in, what is it like to get a license there? Because it yeah. typically, like I have family in Germany and they were shocked when I was 18 uh, that I could go get a real estate license with less than 50 hours worth of work and passing a test. Because uh, yeah. they're uh, the, in, in Germany, you essentially almost have to become like a lawyer uh, to, yeah. to, to sell real estate. And it seems like yep. in a lot of other countries, it's, you, know, you certainly need a lot of classes, right? Yeah, no, exactly. But, but I mean, it's, 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 I would say that one, it's pretty common also. I mean, if you're a real estate agent in, in Spain or even in the UK, uh, yeah, you, you, you don't have to become a lawyer. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, so, but yeah, definitely. That's comparing. Need... Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, comparing like Germany, Sweden, Scandinavia uh, with the U.S., you'll you'll definitely see those massive contrasts in that regard. So uh, it, it's certain, it, pretty much everywhere I've heard of, it's always more than fifty hours worth of coursework. Mm. <laughs> right. Go. No, that 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 I can agree with. <laughs> you know, let's talk about a little bit, a dig in about brokerages in other countries. So you, you were mentioning that agents in most other countries are less independent than they are in the United States or Canada. Mm. Uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, in, in other countries, when you see uh, brokerages that are out there, what's the average size in terms of agent count uh, of a brokerage that you see? Right. Yeah, so that's, that's another differentiating factor, right? I mean, I think that the US, the US real estate market, market is quite fragmented, which is something that we were quite surprised about, to be honest. Uh, looking at our partners that we have in in Scandinavia and UK and, and Australia, really everywhere except uh, the US, we have um, a company selling uh, 50,000 properties per year and that they are not even the largest in that uh, in that um, uh, country, even though the country is much 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 smaller than the U.S. Right, so I think it's hard to talk about agent count because agent count it's obviously with the difference in 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 if you're an agent in Sweden, it's it's been your career for the last you've been studying it full time for three years. So obviously, your the average productivity of an agent is much higher. Right, uh, which means that there is a lot fewer agents. Um, right. So, so I think a metric that makes more sense is sort of average listings, maybe. Yeah. So what um, I mean, how many listings at a time? And and just to remind our viewers, something Philip said before is that in most other countries, there's no concept of a buyer's agent. You only represent correct. the seller. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
And so how many uh, listings do you see the average agent carrying at a time uh, in these other countries? I would probably look at it sort of as uh, the the average agent is a fairly sort of high producing agent in, in the US. Um, so maybe two, three, four. Um, and, that's, and again, that's pretty high, um, high producing agent, but also there's very few agents that sell two properties per year, right? There, that basically doesn't exist. Um, and it, there's even in some cases in some countries where a minimum wage is, is, um, put on, on a real estate agent, meaning that, uh, an agent has to produce in order for it to make sense for their brokerage or their meaning their employer to keep that agent within on their agent roster. And, and so many times I talk to brokers when we do uh, consulting work with our broker client, mm. so many times I ask them for, to produce me sheets that tell me, uh, you know, what's the average cost for running the brokerage per agent. And yeah. they're dumbfounded because they never even thought about it in terms of that concept before. Yeah. Uh, and it's why you see so much marketing in the United States and all of these reports from these other big consulting companies that come out that say, you know, oh, they're the biggest with uh, 4,000 agents, right? Well, well yeah. who cares, folks? Like, if, yeah, if you don't no, exactly. Sell, Everyone is the biggest with some metric. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I, I've long <laughs> uh, had a running joke in one of my presentations that I give uh, about uh, million dollar agents and how for years agents had on their business cards and everything like that, that I was, a, that I'm a million dollar producer. Well, that means you sold about three homes, right? <laughs> this year, mm. uh, maybe, yeah. uh, or if you're in California, you sold one home this year. So, uh, from that, from that perspective, uh, it, it's really bad because you can always say you're number one or a million dollar producer of things. But from that perspective, you can see where if you're, paying an agent a minimum wage uh, and you have hard expenses that aren't just desk fees or, or office fees uh, or tech fees, uh, things like that, you can see where uh, they're much more vested into making sure that that person's going to do a good job, mm -hmm. carry listings and get them sold on a regular basis. Whereas here in the Definitely. United States, I saw metrics that said um, within the past few years even, that something like 50 or 60% of all agents in California had sold two or less homes. Uh, in the previous yeah. year. And uh, at one point, I think that number was 60 or 70% hadn't sold a home in the entire year back around the time of the crisis. But most of those people kept their licenses. And that's kind of yeah. the crazy part, you know, that they weren't making any money, yeah. but they were still paying their MLS dues and still paying their realtor fees, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so exactly. Obviously, a natural uh, side effect of all of these things that we're talking about now is that there is so much fewer agents in Sweden, right? So take Sweden, for example, where again, the, there is really high standards on the education. Uh, I might be completely wrong about this, but I think it's only about two to 3,000 active real estate agents in Sweden. And what's the total population of Sweden? 10 million. So you can see how, you know, although it's a smaller country in terms of population, uh, you, you, if you start doing the numbers and doing a, how, how many agents there are per, you know, hundred people, uh, it, it starts becoming a much smaller number in Sweden than it is in the United States. Yeah. And I, and again, I might, I might have that number slightly off, uh, but it's, it's so much ridiculously, uh, fewer agents per transaction than it is in the U S.
Uh, and we still believe, I think one of the founding sort of thesis that we had when we founded the company was that, hey, there is too many real estate agents in Sweden. <laughs> it doesn't have wow. to be this many agents. Uh, and then we come to the US and notice that it's a, a million times more. Yeah, uh, and by the way, if my mental math serves me correct, uh, in the United States, it's about one in 300 people are uh, real estate agents in the United States. I mean, think about that for, for just a second. One in 300 people, not one in 300 households. One in no, 300 exactly. people uh, are, are a realtor in the United States. And then, you know, beyond that, there's people that have real estate licenses that don't, um, that aren't realtors, of course. Uh, in the United States. And so then it's closer to like one in 200 uh, people uh, yeah. when you factor those people in. In, uh, um, in Sweden, based on the numbers yeah. uh, that there are, it's like one in 10,000 people are, yeah. are a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I actually, I actually looked it up because I knew I was, I was off and it's about twice as much as I, as I said. But okay. still, no. it's, it's always five, six. 7,000 uh, agents at, at that's, that's yeah so obviously very very different um yeah okay so you know here's ad phoenix you're chugging away saying there's too many agents in sweden and uh we're gonna help make and automate it and and help the ones that stick around make more money uh and the brokerages make more money uh where does ad phoenix wake up one day and say hey let's go across the pond and and uh hit the united states uh because we think we can help their brokers out too? Mm. Now that's a good, that's a great uh, question. I mean, obviously from, from, from one, one perspective is that if we really want to make an impact and improve the way people are buying and selling homes, we kind of need to do that in the US as well. If we really get, want to make a massive impact in the world, we can't just disregard the US. So I and I and so that started about two years ago. I was sort of put on on the job, you could say, and and without too much or two and a half years ago, maybe not too much sort of uh, uh, focus on it with as a company. So we our approach was just okay. Let's throw Philip on it and see what happens a little bit. And and <laughs> so so we took that sort of six months to figure that out, rather than saying, oh, that's that's how it is, and let's 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 uh, let's uh, uh, focus on on North American real estate market um, and then obviously working in the US uh, we noticed a lot of things uh, that was happening um, and I think what one of the reasons again why we um, have this approach of working with large real estate brokerages is that um, we initially worked with property portals so like the, the sort of equivalents of Zillow or Realtor.com, but over in Europe and doing this sort of marketing automation for their properties to get more buyers to, 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 to turn into leads on, on, on Zillow, right? But the U European equivalents and realized pretty quickly that it wasn't Zillow that needed help finding more buyers <laughs> for their properties. It, it was the brokerages that were Zillow's clients. And we also noticed that, hey, this dynamic means that, hey, you, the more time that passes, the less ownership brokerages primarily have over the customer discovery journey. The, the sort of journey of discovering a new home is more and more owned by, by the property portals. And obviously, that's a strong, strong dynamic in, in, in the US, where 
uh, we have a very, very strong property portal that is charging, obviously one charging more and more money for leads, but, but on the other hand also is looking at the other part of the buyer and seller journey. They're, they're not just content that, okay, we own the way people find homes. Cello, when we launched in the US, we're just launching um, iBuyers, right? There are iBuyers, Cello uh, offers, um, which was a sort of an indication that they, they're, they're looking at the rest of that journey. Uh, and, and that's, you could say that that's sort of our, our mission, right? Is to empower brokerages to retain that, that, that their part of the journey, but also become more involved in, in the discovery part. And, and be more and more part of of uh, the journey for buyers to find find their homes as well. Well, let's you know talking about Zillow for just a second. Something else, you know, we're kind of getting into an, an inter, uh, interesting international conversation here. It's mm -hmm. my understanding, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But the, the way that Zillow charges is unique, pretty much in the world. Most of the other portal websites, uh, like realestate.com. Uh, AU for Australia, yeah, yeah, uh, and most and that, by the way, they're you know kind of a behemoth uh, and owned by Definitely. the same people that own Realtor.com. Yeah, uh, yeah. But my understanding is it's all charging the agent for exposure on the site, and most of the portals around the world are like that. Is that what you yeah. see too? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's why it's it's sort of uh, um, when when you asked about the difference between the U.S. and the rest of the world, I I, I almost got uh, got a bit dumbfounded because there is so many differences. Right? <laughs> One aspect is the MLS, right? On the MLS, the MLS is a new thing uh, for us going into uh, the the North American markets. That uh, um, and without the MLS, that means that each brokerage only have their own listings on their website, right? Each agent only have their own listings on their website, um, meaning that there is value in exposure, right? People go to, uh, or rather it's value it to, it makes sense to charge for someone to just list their home on a website. So, most other property portals charge for uh, your, the ability for you to just list the home on their website. So realestate.com.au um, in, in Australia, for example. Yeah, it's seemingly very different. I mean, I think it's a uniquely American concept that businesses start out figuring out how to monetize the consumer uh, instead of monetizing the person getting the value from it, right? And mm. I think businesses around the world are starting to pick that up. There's that company out of Germany that pretty much just copies good good technology and good software ideas from the United States and tries to put it in, in other countries. Uh, Rocket something or another, I forget the name of it. But right. uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and but overall, in in as my research, uh, as I've done research, I've seen it's very much an American concept of the consumer uh, is the person to be monetized, even when they're paying nothing. Uh, but that's mm. where the value is because the eyeballs become increasingly yep. valuable as you get more and more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And that's the reason why we have this approach, because I'm, I'm saying that at Phoenix is this all, sort of custom marketing automation platform. But really everything we do sort of originates from the listing. 
And the reason why it originates there is because the listing is content and it drives eyeballs. And then we're, we're lucky that, that there are platforms like, like Facebook and Google and Instagram, et cetera, that you can pay to put that content, which is the listing, in front of people that are actually extra interested in that specific listing or that specific content uh, to drive eyeballs, to get more data, uh, et cetera. So um, let's, let's go into that. Uh, when, uh, you know, Ad Phoenix does, uh, does targeting or does advertising, why don't you talk a little bit about what the philosophy is specifically to where your ads come into play? Like, is it a vanity ad? Is it a listing ad? You know, why don't you talk a little bit about that and we can dig into, you know, what makes you different from some of the other companies that are uh, in the United States doing that too. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. So I, th I think that it's sort of time to, <laughs> share share our philosophy a little bit of what marketing automation is. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, so I, and I think that that's that's really the key because that's what we again believe is is missing a little bit from from the real estate industry, and and the fact that the players that have come the furthest isn't necessarily players owned by the real estate agents or the real estate industry itself. Um, so if you look at the way that we look at marketing automation it really boils down to three things so first is obviously the automation aspect how do we save time for real estate agents and marketing teams at brokerages to just stop doing mundane tasks to or to learn facebook basically um and that's pretty straightforward it's in the word right but, but the second part that is more interesting is uh, marketing automation is really about personalized customized experiences for the users that you're targeting, your potential uh, sort of client base, right? And which means that how, how do we cater to each user, each potential new buyer or seller and show them content that is specifically tailored for their wants and needs? So if you're a buyer that is, uh, or if you're a person that's looking to buy and you're looking to buy in this certain price range or in this uh, move to this certain area in another part of the country, Though it's properties from that area and in that price range that we want to show to you. Those are the touch that those are the touch points that you should see from a partner or an agent that works with with Ed Phoenix. Which is a sort of and, 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 and the primary way to use that is through massive amounts of data points uh, and this sort of automated approach, because it's obviously would be very difficult to manually sift through millions of, of data points. Uh, but then the third part, which is also key to, to what we do. So we've talked about automation, we've talked about relevance and, and personalization. The third part really comes down to attribution and reporting. So um, sort of the, the value of uh, your, your marketing automation platform is only as good as the data that is in it. So a key thing is, start, is that, that we started doing very early on is, is uh, tracking all conversions that happens uh, on a website that we work with or for a brokerage that we work with. So uh, that basically means how do we track what interactions, what customized touch points actually was tipping the scale and turn that stranger looking to buy this, this home into an actual buyer client or seller client. And obviously report that because that's the other uh, difficult thing in the real estate 
uh, industry is that there's so many stakeholders, right? <laughs> we have the brokerage that whose client is the agent, we have the agent whose client is the buyer or seller, etc. And it's all about reporting uh, everything that's happening to to all the right players. And there's also maybe system. the uh, the the uh, ancillary service businesses that are helping to pay oh, exactly. the ads that are involved there too. So yeah, I mean it's the the stakeholders stack up, keep stacking up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, and that's and that's another example, right? If you're a person looking for mortgage, that's the content that we should be showing you. So that's that, and that's that's what what um, we're trying to do. And a part of that that sort of differentiation that you asked about this is taking this this um, approach that, hey, we're not just going to automate ads for you, but we're going to take all the values that is marketing automation. And I, I think one of the things that really I hammered this home for me was that I was, just a few months ago, I was at the uh, Facebook headquarters in uh, uh, Menlo Park with a real estate team. Uh, and one of the guys there that's working in the re Facebook real estate team um, I was previously in the sort of mobile apps space and uh, with um, one of the things with mobile apps is that all purchases and all behavior is happening inside of the app and in their ecosystem so the, and there is millions of millions of dollars industry so billions of dollars obviously um, and uh, which means that they've got this funnel nailed down. They have an ex exact uh, understanding of if they put uh, this amount of money in marketing spend, they'll see exactly what happens to the users that they targeted, and they'll see how much ROI it spits out on the other end. And we don't think real estate, the in real estate industry is there quite yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, sure. and obviously, it's, again, it's hard, uh, but that's also why, why, why we're, we're taking on this, this challenge as well, and why we're so excited about it. I see very few brokers that approach their website in terms of thinking about lead gen holistically. Yeah. A lot of them say, I want leads, but very few yeah. of them think about the investment to make sure that if they're putting money at the top of the funnel, if they do, uh, uh, how are they going to work those leads through down to the bottom of the funnel? Or how are yeah. they going to get them to register? Or how are they going to get them to, uh, to do follow-up? And so I, I think, you know, I, I'm 100% with you on that. And, and that's the coming, the biggest coming change I think you'll see in real estate brokerage technology is there will be more, more focus on lead funnels uh, and actually working the lead through as opposed yeah. to, uh, and I love your take on this, Philip, is, is when brokers are getting leads from you, and please feel free to even compare the United States versus other countries, when they're getting yeah. these leads from you, do you feel like they're actually working them as a buyer or client, or do you feel like it's more of just a recruiting and retention item to give their to give leads to their agents? Yeah, I, I it's it's hard to to answer that uh, 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 sort of broadly because every company is so is so different. I believe that that again with the independence of of the agents in the U.S., uh, it becomes more difficult because more or less in other countries you can say, "Hey, work these leads in my, in our CRM system, track everything you're doing, or you're you won't have a job in six months," <laughs> which is difficult to say in, in the U.S., <laughs> right? Um, and and to answer it in the U.S., er, everywhere is different. I mean, we have e teams where that obviously makes it easier to track everything. 
but 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 maybe also um, that is where it's going to start, right? I mean, uh, that's the beautiful thing about working with a vendor doing uh, marketing automation is that we're constantly trying all of these things. Um, we have recently launched a a product that that helps helps with this a little bit, but it's it's essentially a widget on the listing details page that can capture first capture contact details, but then also um, uh, present a questionnaire to the user to qualify that lead to understand, okay, even though you're, you're signing up on the listing details page, you might actually do it because you're interested in market research and you're selling in the next three months. Right. Right. And, and one of the things we are seeing is that by, by providing that type of information to an agent, even though it's a big learning curve and it's something we need to educate agents about it, it's more likely that they are following up on those leads because they're seeing the value from that leads. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. And it's definitely a value add for your clients to be able to have something and, and to give you better reporting. Um, the, uh, you know, you want to talk about for just a second, you know, what makes ad Phoenix a little bit different and how you think about ads versus say HomeSpot or boost or the AdWorks program. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you kind and of I think that a few things, but I, I, I guess yeah. more about the targeting, you kind of mentioned it for a second, but I, you know, in yeah. working with you guys, we've definitely found that your targeting is very good. And so I would love some insight into, uh, you know, without giving away any specifics or secrets, yeah. I'd love some insight on what makes your targeting as good as it is. Yeah, no, exactly. So of course, so I think that it all comes down from this marketing automation approach, right? Uh, we, Every per time a person enters one of our websites, we create a, a profile based on that, on that person, on that, on that um, specific person. And we constantly track all the actions that they're doing across the board. And that, and, and that sort of serves as the basis. We have this database of, of behavioral data, which means that uh, generally when an agent goes into Facebook and they want to manually do a Facebook ad, they need to do a lot of guesswork. They need to think, okay, what's the age group that people that are interested in this, in this home in, for this price range is going to be at? What, uh, is it, uh, where do they live? And, and, and uh, those sort of things, right? And generally that leads to very broad targeting because you don't know who the buyer is going to be. Um, but we're taking out that guesswork in a way because we're rather than guessing demographics, uh, we are uh, only showing each property to people that have shown this sort of behavioral active interest for this specific home. Uh, and as a result of that, and I think that this also ties into a little bit of what we talked about regarding the value of the listing, right? The reason why portals are, are so powerful is that, that, that they have those eyeballs on the listings. Uh, but our click frequency is 13% on average, which is, you know, I don't want to throw around the, the sort of the click-through rate and other sort of marketing terms like that, but that's remarkable. I mean, it's Wait, ridiculous. Are you saying that the average <laughs> ad that you show has a 13% click-through rate? Yes. Okay, so it's... For, for those of you listening that don't understand that, the average ad click-through rate for most ads, at least the ones that we've seen with some of our investments in, in this industry, is usually around 0.1%. Uh, yeah. 
So, you know, you're getting a massive increase over that. And you think it's yeah. because the tar the targeting is correct and the, the copy and the photo, is that targeted to that person? Yes. I mean, it's, it, it's the targeting is super important. Because uh, again, we're, we're not guessing. We know the people that this, this 3,000 people that we're showing this ad to, uh, it's not a lot of people, but it's people that we know are looking for this type of a property. It's their, it's their want and need right now to look at this type of homes. Um, but, but I also think, and, and I started thinking about this fairly recently also, is that it's also because it's listing advertising. I've, I've, we've always been focusing on advertising the listing and it's big and, and we do, our primary goal is to help businesses find more business, right? Agents find more, more deals, sell more homes and live a better life. Um, and to do that, we, we've taken this approach to focus on, on data. So how do we collect as much data on people that are potential buyers as possible? And how do we use that to service our, our end goal? And people are really interested in clicking on listings because it's content that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, a 30% click-through rate on a listing ad is ridiculous. We have seen some benchmarks that come sort of close to half of that. So five, 6% is really, really good. Um, but none that have come to to our um, to where where we are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but again, I also think that that it, it it there is something to the fact that the list we live in the age of content, right? Content is so valuable, and a listing is content. And in, one can argue that it's the best content that that an agent could have. Uh, for sure, for sure, and and it's one of the things that I always tell all of our brokers and, and particularly after the virus, uh, I told, you know, we were, we were doing weekly uh, and bi-weekly calls with all of our broker clients. And I kept telling them, uh, make sure you have listing inventory when we come out of this thing, because I think things mm. will be gangbusters and, and it'll be very, very busy. And those with the listings will win because it's the content that like you control. Yep. The transaction when you have the listing and it's great to have you know do buyer side transactions but if you have the listing you're in control of the inventory you're in control of uh, what's out there and you're getting signs you're getting uh, uh placements online where it sees your branding yep. and you know if you if you uh work with ad phoenix you're getting ads out there that are, are hitting uh 13 click-through rates um Correct. so uh, another thing I want to ask you about, Philip, is in terms of targeting and how you do ads. What's your mix of advertising? Uh, and what I mean by that is Google, Facebook, other. Uh, where do you spend the most of your clients' dollars? It's still Facebook. Is it 100% Facebook? Is it? No, no, okay. it's not. It, and, and obviously, that, that's, that's sort of um, a potentially rough top topic right now. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that's where we're seeing, we're, like I said, in the beginning, we're tracking everything in the philosophy of, of, of marketing automation. And so we know that not only is the click for rate 13%, but we can also see how many has been influenced or to, to become an actual lead and how many even became a lead straight when they, they, they clicked on after they clicked on the ad. And that's where we see the highest ROI. 
for, it's, for sure. it's it's still through facebook where it's it's go it was a period where it was leaning more towards instagram as well yeah. um and uh, uh so we we sort of another thing that our platform does is to automatically optimize everything so if a particular property performs well on instagram we'll allocate more money on that platform so it's hard to say exact allocation because it's different to every market and even to every every property where we're spending the money. Um, and, and you know, from that perspective, and, and in terms of targeting uh, and using various different tools that are out there, I, I get questions from brokers all the time about I want to spend money on Google for advertising, and I think that's because uh, they were so used to it. That was the conversation for so long: was I need to spend money on Google cost per click advertising. But what mm -hmm. we found is that the average cost per click uh, on Google um, is, is many, many, many times what it is on Facebook uh, for the same click. And yeah. uh, it's, it, on Facebook, you can target down much more carefully than you can on Google as far as getting people that are actually in market to buy a house. So yeah, um, yeah I, I, same thing we've seen too. Facebook is the way to go. Um, all right, well, uh, just a couple more quick questions for you. Uh, the, um, uh, in terms of your ads that are out there, you know, does the, does the quality of the photo, uh, matter? What, what I should say, what matters most Does the quality of the photo matter? Is it the copy that matters most or is it a combination of all of those? Mm. I, I'm sure there, something in the back of my mind tells me that we we had a really cool case study on this. Uh, some years ago, but I can't remember it now. But I mean, I think one thing that you, one can't uh, forget also is just what property it is, how the property was priced, and uh, if it's an attractive neighborhood, right? I mean, because ultimately, it's not about getting clicks. Like, if we could, if we could uh, um, um, run property ads that was only targeted to fifty people and 40 clicked and five went to a showing that's what we would have liked to do right um so it's it's um ultimately it's about showing properties that people are interested in to properties that are interested or to people that are interested in that in that property <laughs> right um so yeah I, I i i couldn't tell i know that we are definitely another thing we do is that uh even though everything is automated, obviously, I feel like I've been talk just talking about marketing automation this, <laughs> this whole time, but um, er even though everything is automated, every single property that goes live have this manual quality assurance check on our end. So from the agent's perspective, from the broker's perspective, everything is automated, but we have a team of ad experts that manually review every ad. Um, and I think the one of the key things is just making sure there is not too much text, uh, not showing too much about the home on the ad itself, um, and that really cultivates a lot of a lot of clicks on on the ad as well. Not showing uh, exactly what type of property it is, price, number of bedrooms, and everything. Show rather show sort of the first sentence in the sort of listing description that the agent has put in maybe make sure there it's it's you know grammatically correct and all of that stuff and that it's cut correctly yeah. but uh don't sh don't share too much about about the home in on your on your 
property out. That's that's what the listing details page is for, right? So that's where photo, a user can go in. Right. So the photo is the tease, and then the you know get them to a listing page, and then hopefully the listing page can convert, right? Correct. Okay. One last question for you. Uh, if you could change one thing about the real estate industry, whether that's internationally or in the United States, Canada, et cetera, uh, what would that be? Uh, too many agents. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, one thing in the real estate industry. Well, I mean, I, I think I slightly touched on this uh, earlier, uh, but like I said, we started out working with property portals and then realized that, hey, there is something bigger going on. There might be a positive change that we can make in the industry. And that's really about giving back power to real estate agents to own that customer experience. Because, and the reason why we believe that's where the customer experience should be, be at and, should, and where it should be is that that's because we believe that that's what's going to create the best experience for consumers. So ultimately what, what, what we see is that it's hard moving home. Like if you're, if you're a normal person uh, makes a massive, massive personal, uh, uh, choice, or maybe it's not even a choice, but they they want to move. And it's difficult. And, and, and what we want to enable is for that move, that's, that uh, uh, switching of home is a better experience. And again, we believe by that the way that we can make that impact is to ensure that it's real estate agents that are in control over that experience. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it's something like that. <laughs> where, where, where one of the things I usually say is that I want to make our clients uh, number one source of sales commission their own website. And uh, that's, that's, that's one of the missions that we're on. I guess it's better to wish for something that, that you're actually working towards. <laughs> but well, I, I like that wish too. I, I wish every broker would be able to say that the number one source of business is their is their website and their online presence. So um, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Philip, for coming on today. Uh, everybody, please tune in, please subscribe. Uh, we'll be adding many more episodes in the near future. Uh, and you can uh, do that pretty much anywhere that you download podcasts. Again, this is Brokerage Insider, where we interview the leaders in real estate and brokerage and technology. Thanks so much for listening.